Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Kelly Warner writes humorous and relatable young adult and contemporary romance novels, the kind of stories that get your insides so wound up in an ooey-gooey mess that you forget about the unfun stuff in life. She's passionate for a good cup of coffee, even a bad one on a desperate day, enjoying time with friends and family, and spending lazy Saturday mornings watching the Food Network. Kelly and her husband live in Oregon with their two teenage children and a border collie named Lucy. It was really fun to talk with Kelly about her YA novels, and I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you on today's episode of Overflowing Bookshelves. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm really delighted to have you here. And I always love to start off by asking my guests about their creative journey. So I would love to hear about how you first became a writer and what led you to publication. Okay. Um, it's a long story, so I'll uh, take some shortcuts for you. But I um, have always loved to write. Um, ever since I was little, um, I was convinced that I was going to be a screenwriter and I was going to write for soap operas because I thought, how cool to be able to kill off a character and then bring them back six weeks later with a new face, a new name. So I thought, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I love that. So, yeah, I got a lot of inspiration sitting on the couch with my mom as she was watching Young and the Restless. So um, I really loved character development, even from a really, really young age. And then, um, you know, I got into school and I got into, into journalism in the school newspaper. And um, I auditioned for my high school at the time. This is really dating me back in the day, but we had local segments of the Easter Seal Telethon and they let the local high schools host. And so they had auditions and I went and I stood in front of the camera and I took the microphone and I was like, okay, I have found my place. And so um, from that point on, that was ninth grade. I decided that I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. So um, I was, I never looked back, went to college, got my degree, um, worked as a TV news anchor for 20 years, um, telling stories, but in video form. Mm -hmm. So, but I was writing that whole time and I was writing, you know, sporadically. And I would say a lot over those 20 years, but I wasn't finishing anything. Mm -hmm. And finally it got to the point in my life, my kids, you know, they were in high school and they had their own interests and I wasn't running so many carpools anymore. And I thought I really took a hard look at if there was one thing in my life that I could do 
that would make me happy, what would it be? And it would be writing books. And I thought, then why is that on the back burner? So I switched gears and after 20 years, I changed careers and I'm actually, I work in marketing now and I work for a a marketing firm as the video manager. So I'm still telling stories in videos. I created several um, videos today, in fact, before this interview. Um, But I now have a more flexible schedule. I, I work for a very supportive employer and so I've made time to write. And so... It's been a long 20 years, but <laughs> since I've made all those changes, um, things are good. And that, and I've um, published my first two books. So things are good. That is fantastic. I love that story. And I love how writing was always something that was a part of your life. And it just, the way that you described it, now it went on the back burner to now it's the front focus of your, of your life, but that you've always been telling stories. Yes. Yes, it's um it's still hard though because you know obviously the goal is I want to write full time and I still have a full time job so that's where it gets a little tricky and I have to be really <laughs> um on top of things and and be disciplined and um I will admit I'm not always that way so you know sometimes I I I hit it and sometimes I'm still it's still a little bit of a struggle. Yes, definitely. Well, I think there's always such a balance between trying to find you know, creative freedom and fun in the process, but then also be disciplined and get, make, you know, progress on your projects and get things completed. Um, What has it been like for you transitioning from writing as something that you kind of did on the side, or like you were saying that you weren't finishing things to then becoming this novelist with two published books? How did you change your life or your writing habits to accomplish that? Well, one, I will say I actually sleep now. <laughs> so I, was, I, I worked the, the morning news for years and, you know, that could be getting up at midnight or whatever. So really, I just felt like at the end of my TV career, I was just tired all the time. And so, you know, when you're tired, you're not creative. So yeah. that didn't help matters. Um, now my schedule is flexible. You know, I sleep more. Um, I feel like I have more time to myself and that creativity has come back. And so... Um, but I still have to be really disciplined in terms of making the time to write. But I will say being on the, you know, doing the morning news for so long, I am at my most creative, honestly, at 4am and the house is quiet and everyone's sleeping. And so really that early morning time before I actually go to my, you know, my, my day job, um, is really like my prized time where I feel like I am the most creative and I get the most done. So it's just, it was it was a it was different making that transition for sure and putting my my writing on the front burner but it has been so exciting and you know at the top of my bucket list was publishing a book holding a book in my hands that had my name on it and now I have two of them and it's um it's exciting it's fun it just kind of you know just really gets you jazzed <laughs> that is so wonderful there's no feeling quite like that is there no well, I'm also curious to hear about how your ideas come to you for your work. I would imagine, like many writers, I, I have lots of ideas and it's certain ones that call to me that I you know, follow through with. But how do ideas come to you or maybe specifically the ideas for your two published novels? Um, so I, the odd thing about 
me, I guess, is my, um, I get some of my best ideas and I troubleshoot some of my biggest problems when I am driving in the car. Uh-huh. Um, I can be staring at a scene saying, this is not working. Oh, I, you know, it's okay, but it's not quite there yet. I don't know how to make these things mesh. And I can drive from here to the post office. And honestly, I can like, I can complete like fix an entire plot hole. It's, it's weird. I don't know. I, I, was power. Just, I love it. You know, we live about, you know, an hour and 15 minutes from the coast. And so I always joke to people, you know, if I, if I drove from here to the coast, I feel like I could find a solution to world peace. Like I just <laughs> feel, I, I get these great ideas and I get very motivated when I'm in the car. So, um, but I find my ideas all over the place and not with a band. There is a, there's a scene at a high school football game. And I went to my um, alma mater high school with my dad to watch a game. And we were sitting there and all of a sudden that scene just came to me. So prior to that, that was that didn't have a place in the book. Mm-hmm. But as I was sitting there, I was, it was almost like I was watching the characters on the field be the characters in my book. And so when you read Not With The Band, you can say, oh, <laughs> she wrote that when she was actually at a high school football game. So I kind of get my ideas all over the place. That's really neat. Yeah. Do you have any um, things in particular that you've learned or has your process changed from um, when you first began writing uh, to now looking back on the two books that you've written and maybe as you prepared to work on your subsequent books, do you have um, different you know, things that you've found, oh, this really works for me or ways that your process has evolved or advice that you wish someone would have told you when you were first starting out? I think um, when I first, when I was writing all those years, when I was working in TV, um, I was pantsing. I was not outlining mm. because when I get an idea, I'm the type that just wants to run off with it and start going. And what I think might've um, resulted in so many of those stories not getting finished is that I ran into roadblocks because I did not outline. And so finally, as I was making this transition and I was going to write Not With The Band, I said, you know, I really should outline. And then the other part of my brain said, but we want to start writing. And then the rational part said, no, we really should learn to outline. So I I didn't like the fact that that learning kind of starting to learn that process slowed me down, but it made a huge difference. And so I would say that's the biggest thing in my process that has changed is I am now an outliner and I, and I understand and respect the process of why that is so important. Um, And for me, makes a big difference in the end product. For sure. So that would say that was that's the big one. Yeah, and that's something I've um, kind of, I guess, played around with a little bit myself as well. That I think there can still be fun with the process, even when you outline. Like there can still be things that you discover. I used to think that oh, if I outline or plan the book too much, then I won't have that you know fun sense of the story unfolding as I'm writing. But um, there's still, at least when I outline and then write, the story can still surprise me in different ways. Do you find, have there been things about outlining that you enjoy? I, I, number one, I mostly enjoy that I have a roadmap and I know how to get from point A to point B to point C and to the finale. Um, but my middle takes a lot of twists and turns. So I think I, I agree with you. I think when I first, um, was thinking about outlining, I was thinking, it's so rigid, you're so locked in. But that is actually not true. You have a roadmap, but then you can pull off into scenic viewpoints and you know take some unexpected 
turns. So if you look at my original, I think, outline for each of my books and then read the novel, you'll see that twists and turns. And I I changed a lot of things and I veered left when my outline said I was going to go right, but I still ended up where I needed to be. And I think that was was the most important thing. Yeah, that's a great metaphor to think of it as a roadmap. And I like what you were saying about you can pull off, you know, go to these scenic points or maybe decide you're still going to the same location, but you're going to take a different road to get there. That's a really nice metaphor to think of it. So when I first started writing, um, actually, so my first book is not with the band and my second book is The Moment We Fell. But uh, a fun fact, The Moment We Fell is actually the first book I wrote. And I wrote it it in a singular viewpoint. So one character and you'll, you know, as if you've read it, it's two viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Um, So what happened was, is I was writing uh, The Moment We Fell. And in the midst of that, I kept getting these bursts of dialogue from the characters who ended up being the characters and not with the band. And these great scenes were popping into my head. And I would say, oh, let me write that down and I'll, I'll save that for later for that's another book. And then it just kind of kept happening. And finally, I thought, I feel like I need to write this book. So <laughs> I actually set um, The Moment We Fell aside. I wrote Not With The Band. And then when I came back to The Moment We Fell, I changed it to dual perspective. So two characters telling the story as opposed to one because I had so much fun with the two viewpoints in Not With The Band. So a little fun fact about that. Yes, I love that fun fact. And it also, I guess I'm I'm a big believer in timing and um, sort of that the books that were meant to write come to us at the right time. And I just love that story because it feels like not with the band. I just picture it like knocking on your door, like very urgently, you know, you need to write me first. And it did for sure. And I was, and I tell people, you know, I would get these characters having this conversation. And when you say that to another writer, they were like, oh, absolutely. That happens all the time. You say that to another just human being, they say, you have voices in your yeah. Well, yes, you. That's how these things happen. So completely normal. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so what I think that I love reading books with dual perspectives, but I think it can be a little bit challenging to write. Um, how do you, I guess, um, how, how do your characters come to you? How do they evolve as you're writing? Do you have any tips for writing such nuanced characters or writing in two different voices for any writers who are listening? You know, it, it is a little bit of a challenge for sure, because as you're telling a story, you know, there are certain things you don't want to reveal until certain points in the book. And that's much easier to do when you only have one character telling the story, because you don't necessarily, you aren't in the head of the other character. So those things, you can reveal those as you want to. But when you have both, when you're in the heads of two characters, it's hard to um, figure out how not to, you know, share things too early or things that might upset your plot twist and all of that stuff. So it is a little bit of a challenge. Um, And that's one of the things I am actually right now working on the sequel to The Moment We Fell. And as I think about writing it in two perspectives, I'm really torn. I'm, I ha, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the plot process of that right now. So I'm outlining, but I'm not sure that one's going to be two perspectives because I think that might be just a little bit too difficult to write. But what I will say is what I've enjoyed in both of these books is learning to write flawed characters. Um, I think when I first started writing, my characters were pretty, their lives were pretty good. And then all of a sudden I thought, let's shake things up a little bit. Let's, let's create a more complicated life for these characters. And, and actually the, the, the plot lines and the storylines and just 
the the dialogues and all the things that come with that it's just so much more fun to write i think when there's more conflict and and more issues and things like that so that's been fun yeah definitely i think sometimes especially when writers are first starting out we really love our characters and it can be hard to create challenges for them like it can be difficult to put them in tough situations because we care about them so much right. and we don't want to see them, you know, struggling. So I've had that experience too. Where I've looked at my plot and thought, you know, there's, this is, there's not much going on here. Like I need to add some conflict. Right. right. For sure. Yeah. Well, I just have so enjoyed chatting with you about your process and getting to kind of get some behind the scenes um, information about your books. Um, and you've given so much wonderful advice. Is there anything else um, you know that you want to share? Maybe speaking directly to listeners, this could be readers of your book or other writers. Um, do you have any kind of advice or final words that you'd want to share? Um, I, I do want to say to all the people who have enjoyed my books, um, thank you. It is so, I mean, you know, as a writer, it's so great to, to hear from, from readers who are not related to you, (laughs) like your book. Um, and that not only, um, you know, builds me up and really, um, pushes me to continue writing, but I'm just, it's so joyful to me to hear people enjoying what I'm sharing with the world, which when I first started, and I will say with every book release is still very scary um, to release a new book. It's kind of like to me putting your baby out in the world and then hoping people will like it. So um, to, to get that positive feedback that people are enjoying the stories is, is really wonderful. So I would encourage people to connect with me um, at kellywarner.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not very good on Twitter. (laughs) I exist there, but uh, that's not my platform, but I am on social. So it's always fun to connect with folks. Great. Yes. And I will um, include those links in the show notes so that readers can reach out to you. And I'm already looking forward to reading the sequel to The Moment We Fall. And just thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.